And so what we want to do this weekend, what we do tonight, what we do tomorrow, is that we want to, to learn some things about the Holy Spirit. We want to experience some things um, about uh, the Holy Spirit. And when you, when you read about Jesus' final, the final week of his life, and you can read about this in John 13 through 17, uh, things get very somber, things get um, very serious, and he's basically taking his disciples, it's just him and the 12, it's not the crowds, it's just him and the 12, and he's walking through them, um, uh, hey, the, I, I'm getting ready to go to the cross, I'm going to die, and I'm going to leave, I'm, I'm going to leave here, and I'm going to leave a work for you to do, um, you know, small little thing like evangelize the known world, but you know, you'll be fine. Um, Actually, they were pretty freaked out about it. And there are three things that he really pressed upon them. If you read these uh, five chapters, there's three things that he says you're really going to need to carry this work on. Number one, you're going to need my word. You're going to need that. You're going to need to remain in me or remain in my word. Uh, you're going to need each other. Uh, new command I give to you that you love each other. You know, I wash your feet. You wash each other's feet. You're, you're going to need each other. And the third thing, and I would say he probably weighted this more than the others, is that you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Um, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. He put a lot of emphasis on, in order for you to, to carry on in the, in the way that I want you to carry on, to be the community I've called you to be, um, uh, to go into all the world and make known and be a witness of who I am, to walk in the kind of power and boldness and it was already said, even do greater things than I have done. You're, you're, you're going to need the Holy, uh, you're going to need the Holy Spirit. Um, and last Sunday, if you were uh, in, uh, if you're from this location, I made the point in the announcement um, that I think a lot of us get the wrong idea of the Holy Spirit uh, because we, we've got a bad introduction. You know, you think about the people, uh, the way, the, when you meet someone new, typically, if you really get to know them quickly, and, and the best is, is when someone that you know and someone that you really like introduces you to them. I mean, that's how you meet people. Someone that you know and someone that knows the other person, they introduce you. And I think a lot of us just get messed up theology and messed up thoughts about the Holy Spirit because we got, you know, quite frankly, we've got bad introductions. We got through Christian television or some weird experience or, or you know, maybe you grew up and you were told that, uh, you know, speaking in tongues is of the devil and you got a bad introduction that way. Or someone else told you on the other extreme that uh, you're not a Christian unless you speak in tongues. And, and there's just all kinds of mess and confusion and hurt and misunderstanding and fear. And I think it all boils down to, if you're honest, is like, you know, you got a bad introduction. You got a, you, and so what I really want to see happen uh, this weekend um, is that you get introduced to the Holy Spirit by Jesus. That you allow Jesus to introduce you. I don't know what your experience is. I don't know where you're from, but I, I really want you to allow Jesus. I want you to allow uh, some of the other uh, writers in Scripture, uh, Paul and some of the others, uh, to introduce you to this person of Jesus. And, um, and I think that's a good place to start, actually, in understanding the Holy Spirit. Is you, you, we need to understand the Holy Spirit is a person. It's not an it. It's not a force. It's, it's not an inanimate you know, it's not something like that. It's, I mean, um, Apple gets it right. If, you, if I was doing this the other day, I was texting someone about the Holy Spirit, and I didn't capitalize Holy Spirit, but Apple did. Apple autocorrected me. And so the, Apple knows. 
I should, Apple knows that, that the Holy Spirit is, is a proper name. It's, it's, a, it's a person. It's a being. Um, and I think part of our misunderstanding comes from the fact, I bought this iPad, by the way, a couple years ago, a year and a half ago, with the intent of preaching from it, and I never have. And so I'm going to try tonight. We'll see how it goes. But anyway, um, we, uh, I think part of the problem is that we overemphasize um, some impersonal terms to describe the Holy Spirit. So he's fire, he's water, he's wind, he's a dove, you know, and um, he's a ghost, if you read the King James. And uh, those are all, of course, appropriate things to, to associate with the Holy Spirit because the Bible does. But those are really more about what, how, what he does and not necessarily... Uh, who he is, because he is the third person of the Godhead. Jo- Jesus said in John 14 that he was going to send another who is going to be just like him. So the Holy Spirit is an ethereal. Uh, he's not a force to harness. He's a person to get to know. A- and I want you to, to have that mindset. I think it's really important that you have that mindset that the Holy Spirit isn't a force. It's, it's a person for me to get to know. The, the scriptures say that the Holy Spirit has a mind. Romans 8, 27 says that he who searches our hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Holy Spirit has a mind. Holy Spirit has a will. Luke tells us in Acts uh, 16, 7 uh, that the Holy Spirit forbidded uh, Paul from going somewhere. Exert, and that word forbid means to exert someone's will. Holy Spirit has a will. Holy Spirit has emotions. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Actually, the Greek word used there in Ephesians 4.30 is wound. It's, it's, it's a little bit more, I think, even more personal of a word that you can wound the Holy Spirit. Um, so let me ask you a question. Just as we're getting started this weekend, do you believe that God the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father? Do you believe that God the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Son? Francis Chan wrote a book called The Forgotten God, and I haven't read it, um, but I've read the summary, and, uh, which is basically like reading the book. And uh, basically the gist of it is, is just that, that there's a, we forgot that the Holy Spirit is God. He's the forgotten God, that he's, you know, he's on some JV team. He's not really part of the, the, the Trinity. Um, and so we, we have this image of you know, God the Father being like on this uber throne, and then Jesus is on kind of like this smaller yet respectable throne, and the Holy Spirit doesn't even get a throne, just kind of whisk about. And, uh, but that's, not, that's, that's a bad imagery for us to have, that they are co-equal, that they are all a part of the Trinity. And I think the reason why this is huge, and, and this is where I really want to start, is because if, if God is a person, if, if the God the Holy Spirit, excuse me, is a person, and God the Holy Spirit is just as much God as God the Father, God the Son, it means that we don't come to the Holy Spirit with our terms. We know this with God the Father. Like, this did not go well for Job. When he came to him, you know, poor Job, 37 uh, chapters, agony, pain, misery, suffering, questioning God. 37 chapters, God is silent. And then finally he's like, are you done? Now I'm going to question you. Never answers his question. 
says, gird yourself like a man. Put on a cup. And then he questions him. And then Job's like, time out, I get it, I get it. He's like, I'm not done. And he questions him for a couple more chapters. We don't come to God with a father with our terms. We know that. We don't come to God with a son with our terms. Who in the Gospels came to Jesus and says, well, hold on a second. I love what you're doing. I've obeyed all the commandments. I just need to go do this one thing. That person did not end up with Jesus, did they? You can't be my disciple. If you love your mother more than me, you cannot be my disciple if you don't lay this down. You don't come to God the Son with your terms. Why do we come to God the Spirit with our terms? Well, I'll hold my hands like this, but not like this. I'll I'll do that. You know, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to shout. Or, you know, I want his gifts, but I don't want this gift. Or I'll, I'll, I'll go on the other side of the coin for a second. I want his gifts, but I don't want his fruit. Like, I want to prophesy, and, and I, want to, I want to do these kinds of things, but forget discipline, forget faithfulness, forget gentleness, forget all those other things. And so some of us will come on either side of the extreme. We'll say, I want his fruit. I want to live a disciplined life. I, I, want, I want to live in this box. I don't want any of his gifts, or if I just want a few of his gifts. Other of us, we live on the other side, and it's like we want the gifts, but we don't really want the fruit. So we come to God the Holy Spirit with our terms. We all do that. Why do we do that? I think part of it in the back of our mind is we really haven't wrestled with the fact that God the Spirit is a person. And God the Spirit is co-equal with God the Father, God the Son. He's someone He's not a force to harness. He's someone to get to know. He's someone to to know, to to learn about, of course, and to read about, but also someone to to experience. Life, according to Scripture, isn't being out of control. It's not being in control either, but it's being under control of the Holy Spirit. So here's what I want us to do to start off the weekend. I'd I'd like us to stand for a second. We We won't stand long. I just want us to come to to God, the Holy Spirit, right now. And I want us to repent. And I want us to just say, God, the Holy Spirit, I just want to lay down my terms. And I want to see you for who you really are. I want you to show me. I want scripture to show me. Whatever, wherever you've come from, Whatever thoughts you've come to the table, let's just imagine that we've, we're, this is all new to us. So let's just come to, let's just begin. I'm just going to lead us, and you can agree with me. But Holy Spirit, we, 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 we thank you. We love you. We're here for you. We're here to learn about you. We're here to experience you. Lord, it's a safe place to be because we know that you, Holy Spirit, are honoring the Son and pointing to the Son and honoring the Father and the Father is honoring the Son and the Son's honoring the Spirit and you're just honoring each other, loving each other, pushing each other forward. Holy Spirit, we just come to you and we just repent of just our terms.
But we just know that that's ridiculous to come to God the Father with terms. It's ridiculous to come to God the Son with terms. So God the Holy Spirit, we do not want to come with our terms. But we say, have your way with us. We say, speak to our hearts. We say, transform us, teach us, renew our minds. Thank you. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you're with us, that you're always with us, that you'll never leave us, that you're the seal, you're the down payment, you're the, you're the guarantee that we have the hope of heaven and a new life. Pray we, I pray we commune with you this week. I pray more than we learn facts about you or benefit from your power. Lord, I pray that we would commune with you this weekend. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so the Holy Spirit works in a lot of different ways. And, and I think if we're honest, and, and I've been thinking a lot about this, and there's a lot of ways you can talk about the Holy Spirit. And, uh, and, and I just see, um, just in my own life, and how I've, I've experienced the Holy Spirit as well as just seeing how other people have related to the Holy Spirit and their thoughts and misthoughts and those kinds of things, is that we're all, over, we're all over the map. And it's almost like we know a different Holy Spirit, right? It's like, I know the Holy Spirit to be like this, and I know the Holy Spirit to be like this. And, you know, like I said earlier, some of us like the gifts, don't like the fruit. Some of us like the fruit, don't like the gifts. Uh, but it's all the same spirit. And one of the things in, in recent uh, time that I, um, that I came across, and, you know, it's in the Bible. I'm sure someone else has come across. I just hadn't seen it there before. But uh, Jesus says in John 14, uh, and he says in Acts 1, he gives us three ways of relating to the Holy Spirit that I'm going to kind of fly under these headings. He says that the Holy Spirit is, is, is in you. The Holy Spirit is with you and the Holy Spirit is upon you. That how we relate to the Holy Spirit is that he's in you, that he's going to be with you, and he's going to come upon you. And so I want to just kind of talk about the Holy Spirit in those categories and see how far we go. One, just a couple guardrails, just kind of more of a throw it out there. Um, just to say, uh, word and spirit are not enemies, they're friends. And, uh, you know, if you're a word-only person, I just want you to know the Holy Spirit wrote the Bible. Um, so just kind of chew on that for a while. Uh, the And spirit-only people, I mean, again, you know, the Spirit wrote the Bible. And so if you're about the Holy Spirit, you've you got to be about the Word. If you're about the Word, you've got to be about the Holy Spirit. And they testify of each other. It's just, it's all good. There's no tension. There's no either or. It's, it's only both and. And uh, I think one of the exciting trends in the evangelical world um, you have to be a particular kind of nerd to appreciate that. But anyway, they, the, the, one of the exciting things that's happening is I do think people are uh, seeing this, this false dichotomy more and more. Uh, and so that's really encouraging. Um, the, the second thing I would say is in, in all of this, just in case it doesn't come out clear, just some disclaimers here, is that Scripture is our authority, that if you feel that uh, God told you to do something and it conflicts with, if you feel like, hey, the Holy Spirit told me to do something, but it conflicts with Scripture, um, we don't believe you. We believe the Bible. Uh, the Scriptures are a final authority. We, the Bible says that we prophesy in part, but there's nothing in part uh, about, this, about the Bible. The Bible is God's Word, and so we, uh, that's one thing we want to say. The other thing is that we do, and, and this will become clear the more the weekend goes on, we do believe in the supernatural. 
But here's how I'd say it. I'd say we, we want you to be natural and let God be super. Does that make sense? You be natural, let God be super. If, if what you get excited about is if it's about your super hair or your super suit or your superness, that isn't what we're going for. We're, we're, we, we can be natural. We can be, I'll use the word normal. Um, but we do believe that God is very, very super. That God does some really miraculous things. And so you can, it, it, that, those tend to go, those tend to kind of conflict as well, the natural with the, uh, with the super, but I think that's how maybe that can help you, is that we do believe it in that way, but we're, we're letting God be the one who's supreme and, and super, and he gets all the credit. So the Bible refers to him as signs and wonders, and what does a sign do? A sign points you to something, right? Right, it's the, 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 a sign is, is to point you to Jesus, it's to point you to God. What is a wonder? Well, you wonder, I wonder what that's all about. It's, it's causes us to wonder about who God is. So they're all for another, uh, they're all to reflect on God and not on us. So that's very, very important. Okay, so again, like I said, we categorize these into uh, three different categories that the Holy Spirit is in us, uh, the Holy Spirit um, with us. And upon us. Okay, so the Holy Spirit is in you. Okay, this is true of every believer. There's this, I know there's this kind of talk or tension or wonderment. You know, do you receive the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian or does it happen sometime after? You know, our answer is yes. Uh, you receive the Holy Spirit when you become a Christian and you receive it uh, at a later time. Uh, it is every believer has the Holy Spirit. There, is, there is, is no such thing as a believer who does not have the Holy Spirit. Jesus, uh, Jesus says in John 3, 5, Truly, truly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Romans 8, 9 says, You, however, are not in flesh, but anyone but in the Spirit. If, in fact, the Spirit of God dwells in you, anyone who does not have the Spirit of Christ does not belong to him. So if you belong to Jesus, if you're a Christian, if you're in Christ, you, you've got this, the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.13 says, uh, In him you also, when you heard the word of the truth, God of, of your salvation, and believed in him. So when you believed in God, when you received your salvation, you were sealed with the promise of the Holy Spirit, who is, in the, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until we acquire possession of it to the praise of his glory. So we, we, the Holy Spirit is in us. It's in every believer. Um, another way that the Holy Spirit is in us is that it helps us to follow Jesus. This is a huge thing. This is a, we're look, taking a, a holistic work at what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is a being. The Holy Spirit is the third person of God, head, and he does some things. And he, one of those things is a, a part of being in us is he helps us to follow Jesus. Ezekiel 36, 27 says, and I will put my spirit within you. And I will cause you to, to walk in my statutes. It's amazing. Philippians 2.13, for it is God who works both in you, both to will and to work for your um, good pleasure. The brilliance of Christianity is we don't have a God who kind of sits outside of us and says, okay, I want a little less of this and a little more of that. He, he doesn't say, okay, we're going we're gonna to adjust your life here. But it, it says that he's come, he's come, to, live in, he's come to live inside of us. That he's doing this inside-out work. He's doing this inside-out transformation Work. So when you became, maybe before you became a Christian, you're thinking like, well, I don't really want to become a Christian because I can't do X, Y, and Z. 
And then you became a Christian. You're like, you know what? I don't want to do X, Y, and Z. What's going on there? Well, it's the Holy Spirit at work in your life. The Holy Spirit is working in you uh, to give you both the will uh, and to work for his good pleasure. He's given you the desire to follow him. You didn't make a new resolution. You didn't like, okay, I'm going to do this now. It's just God working in you. This is what the Holy Spirit does. If you want to follow Jesus more, more closely, you need more of his Holy Spirit. Paul was able to say, and this is so brilliant, in Galatians 2.20, it is no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Christ who lives in me through the Holy Spirit. John 16.8 says, says that, that Jesus says that, that the Holy Spirit will convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. And that word convict isn't a legal term. It really means to convince. The world's going to, or excuse me, the Holy Spirit is going to convince you of what is sin and what is righteousness. Another way he works in you is he gives you an increased assurance that you are sons of God. John 14, 18 says, Jesus says, I will not leave you as orphans. Maybe you're a, a Christian, you're feeling a bit like an orphan. You know in your head that God loves you. You know that, you know, Jesus loves me. This I know for the Bible tells me so. But not so much in your heart. You feel a bit distant. Romans 8, 16 says, the spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. And I don't know about you, but I, I love the fact that it's in the Bible. And some days it's, that's enough. Like I can open the Bible, I can see it. Yeah, great. Thank you, Jesus. It says it right here in scripture. Black and white, bam, I'm a son of God. Thank you, I'm a son of God. Some days I just, I just, I need the Holy Spirit to testify, confirming. Again, the Holy Spirit is convincing you of righteousness, convincing you that you are righteous, convincing you that you are a son of God. That is part of the work of the Holy Spirit. To say you want more of the Holy Spirit, say, I want the Holy Spirit to convince me more and more. I need, I need more assurance. I need more, uh, I need more of that, uh, of my spirit being testified to by the Holy Spirit than I'm a son of God. Poor good spirit. Increased understanding and knowledge. John 16, 13. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will declare to you the things that are to come. The Holy Spirit leads us into all truth. Leads us into knowing Jesus and to knowing who the Father is. In Ephesians 1.17, Paul is praying that God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may, may you give you a spirit of wisdom and of revelation and of knowledge. What it's saying there is that we need, we need the work of the Holy Spirit in our life to really even understand the things of God. Like, the Bible is our authority, it's complete, and it's inherent. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's something wrong with us, though. There, there's nothing wrong with the Bible. There's something wrong with us. And uh, you could say uh, that the Bible is like a sundial. The sundial is a hunk of metal until the sun shines on it. I think the Bible, there's not, the Bible's great. There's nothing wrong with the Bible. When, when the sun shines on it, when the Spirit, it, the Spirit has a way of illuminating it and making it come to life, making, the, you know, making it real to you. And it reminds you of it. I mean, it's just, it's amazing. I've seen that play out in my life. I just remember just even being a newer Christian and just counseling friends and uh, helping people and, and just even in my own life and 
someone saying, you know, I'm feeling this way. And I'm like, well, you know, Ephesians 5.13 says that. And I'm like, I didn't even know what Ephesians, you know, I didn't even know what that said before. And all of a sudden, it's like Ephesians, this passage is coming to my mind. God's Holy Spirit is bringing this to mind. He's illuminating. He's bringing understanding. He's bringing wisdom. He's bringing revelation. He's causing me to see things that my flesh certainly can't see. My mind doesn't really comprehend, but my spirit does. And, and the Holy Spirit has a way of bringing that alive. It reminds you of things. It provides guidance. Um, Mark 1.12, it says that Jesus was, was led into the wilderness by the Holy Spirit. Jesus himself was led and guided by the Holy Spirit. Romans 8.14 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. So we're led by the Spirit. So one of the ways that, uh, what is it, one of the marks of being a son of God is being led by his Spirit, learning to be led by his Spirit, learning to be guided by his uh, Spirit. And we need that because life is, you know, life is bumpy and we're not sure where to go and what to do. And, and um, I heard of this um, analogy, a story. Um, there was a old man and a young man on a train and they're both believers and the young man was like, man, I just, I want to I wanna trust God. I want to lean, lean on uh, God, but I, I just, I don't, I can't do it. I just don't know how to do it. And uh, the old man says, you see this pen right here? Do you think I can balance it on my finger? And the young man kind of felt the ricketiness of the train and says, no way. And so the, the, the older man put it on his finger, then put his other finger on top of it like that. He's like, well, that's not fair. You're, you know, you, were, you held it up with your other finger. And, he, and, and the old man says, you know, in this life, you need to be held up by someone. In this rickety life, being bounced around. And we need that. We need to be held up by the Spirit. We need to be guided by the Holy Spirit. We need his life. We need his guidance. And oftentimes, I think that, um, that we don't know as believers. I think one of the biggest things I think as believers we struggle with, or at least this is what I hear, is that, um, man, I just don't know if God ever speaks to me. I don't know if he's really leading me. I don't know if he's guiding me. And, and I think sometimes the reason why is that because we're, 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 we're looking for something obvious. We're looking for like some handwriting on the wall. We're looking for fireworks in heaven. And I, I, I want you to know that God's, this is helpful, I think, in hearing God and being guided by his spirit, is that, God's ultimate goal isn't that you nail life. It isn't that you, per like you just walk out the perfect plan. That's not his goal. His goal is to have a relationship with you. And I saw something recently in, in Kings, 1 Kings. Um, well, I'm going to have to wait till I get to it before I call it. But it has to do with Elijah. And it's going to be 1 Kings 19, verses 11. And this is God. And it says, and he said, that it's God. God said to him, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great strong wind tore the mountains and broke it into pieces, the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. 
He was not in the earth, wind, or fire. I, if you're under 30, Google it. And uh, that's not the point, actually. But it's true. But here, here it is. And after the fire, the sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it. So here it is. He wasn't in the wind. He wasn't in the earthquake. He wasn't in the fire. He was in a whisper. And I thought about that. Why, why a whisper? You shout something when someone's far away. You whisper something when someone's nearby. The point that God wants to draw you in is he wants you to be a whisper's distance away. If you're wanting God to shout, it's just not going to happen because he's not after you following a perfect plan for your life. To be honest with you, he could care less about that. What he really wants is to have a relationship with you. It's just the way he works. So he's, in the, so he's in the whisper. So I just want to kind of throw that out there in terms of what does it mean to be led and guided by the Holy Spirit. We're talking about a person. We're not coming to a genie. We're not coming to a, you know, someone who could tell us our fortune. We can treat God that way. We're coming to a person, someone to relate to, someone to get to know. Jesus says, my, my sheep know my voice. They can hear me. They can understand what I'm saying. So if you're like, oh, I just don't know if I can hear it, I just want to encourage you to draw close to him. Get to know him. He's in the whisper. And um, Romans 8, 5 through 6 is another key verse. It says that we should set our minds on the spirit and not on the flesh. This is a key thing in, in, in guidance. Um, for those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live according to the spirit set their minds on the things of the spirit. For to set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. So what you have here is you've got, we're made up of spirit, mind, you could say soul. The Greek word for soul is psyche, where we get psychology. Um, and uh, body or flesh. And so this is, this is, this is where you get, uh, this is direction. So this is, this is where we're conscious. This is where we have God conscious. This is where we have self-conscious. This is where we have um, worldly conscious. We can, re- we can relate to the world through our flesh. We can understand the world around us through our flesh. We understand God's world, heaven, through our spirit. And the mind, though, is where we have will, emotions, our past, and all of that. This is, where, this is, wh- this is what drives our life. This is the decision-making. And the battleground, this is where the enemy does battle. This is our battleground, is in the mind. Uh, in fact, there's a book out there called Battle of the Mind. 
And this is where the battle. And so, so the Bible is saying you need to set your mind on the spirit and not on the flesh. The flesh knows how to relate to the world, but it doesn't know how to really relate to God. So the, the spirit has, I'll say it this way, the, our body, our flesh, uh, it shall be saved, it shall be delivered. So it has a future. It's not yet saved, right? The only part of you that's born again um, is your spirit. This is the part of you that's saved. This is the part of you that's a new creation. Your mind is still being renewed, though. It's, I'll say this. I'll put in process. Your mind is in process. It's being renewed. So your, your body, your flesh shall be saved. Your mind is being saved. Your spirit is saved. Like, and the spirit is the only part of you that's born again. I mean, you know your body's not born again, right? I mean, have you looked in the mirror lately? <laughs> right? Like, if you were ugly before you became a Christian, I mean, you may have the joy of the Lord now, but you're still ugly, right? So you, you, you're... In fact, it says that our outer man is wasting away. Our inner man is getting stronger and stronger, but our body. So the Holy Spirit of God is wanting us to set our minds on the things of the Spirit and not the things of the, um, of the flesh. So this is where you're deciding. And so there's a battle over here. And so this, is, this becomes really um, important in prayer, so the Holy Spirit um, helps us to pray. Our, and this makes a lot of sense because, you know, because oftentimes, oftentimes, you know, when it comes to anything, like, you know, if you talk about things like serving or giving or just kind of like letting go of yourself, your body and your flesh does not want to do that. The Spirit of God in you is like wanting to be like Jesus. It's wanting to serve. It's wanting to do all these things. It's, it's in you. It's rising up in you. And there's something inside of you that wants to do this. But your flesh doesn't want to do this. And your mind has to pay attention to either the flesh or the spirit. And oftentimes, we pay attention. So we're listening to the signals. Well, if I do this, then you know, I'll miss out over here and blah, 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 blah. And our spirit of God. So, so, what, so the Bible says things in, in Romans 12. It says, like, well, your, your, your mind needs to be renewed. Like you have these patterns of thinking that are, that are geared toward the flesh. And you need to set your mind on things of the spirit. And one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to do is it wants to help you with that. It wants to help you with your mind. I mean, even just like I, this, is your, this is where memory is. So like all your past and all your junk and in your mind, you, you, you meet some people and they're just like, they, you know, they had these terrible stories, but man, God's really delivered them. And then people struggle. Well, part of this is this thing here about need, the Holy Spirit can come in. I've heard, I've heard that over and over again. Well, you know, I was just like, I had this hang up about my past and the Holy Spirit just came in and just like dealt with all this junk. Well, how is that possible? Well, that's where it's possible. Because of Romans 8, 5, and 6, and 7. Bringing alive the, the spirit and not the flesh. Huge in prayer. We don't even know how to pray. It says in Romans, likewise, the spirit helps us in our weaknesses, for we do not even know what to pray for. I was in this last week. I had someone, they, I was with the elders, and I had to, it, 
we were praying for someone who was sick, and I'm just like praying. I'm like, God, you know, heal them or, you know, or, or do your will and help them to have wisdom through it and, or heal them or, or do your will or learn them or I don't know what to do. My mind is like fruitless in that I do, my mind does not know the will of God, but my spirit does. One of the amazing things about praying in the spirit praying in tongues, is that we don't even know how we ought to pray. And that's so, I don't know if you've been in a situation, you know, God, you know, get me out of this situation or, you know, get me this, get me out of this mess or get this mess out of me and I don't know what to pray for. Teach me something through this. Is that what I'm supposed to do? Do you want me out of this or do you want me to learn something? What do you want? Sometimes we just don't know. We don't know how we ought to pray. The Holy Spirit, man, if you're in that situation, like, I just don't know how to pray. My prayers are just kind of like, I just find myself going in these theological circles in my prayer. Man, praying, the Spirit is so helpful. Jude 20 says that. It says, build yourself up in your faith. How? Well, praying in the Spirit. Your mind and your flesh is not, no, is not very good at building yourself up. Your mind is not very good at building you up. It's good at tearing you down. It's good at tear, it's really good at tearing other people down. But your spirit is awesome at building you up. God has put something within you to build you up. If you feel like your prayer stinks, or you're just you find yourself in bouts of depression and you just your faith doesn't feel that strong. Your mind is not going to help you because it's not yet, it's, not, it's still in process. It's, it's being renewed. It might be okay, but it's still being renewed. Your flesh is worthless. The Spirit of God is alive. It's totally regenerated. It's a new creation. It's, it's got a straight line to heaven. Just has a, it bypasses your mind. doesn't mean as Christians we don't think. Doesn't mean we don't engage the mind. It just it just understands that my mind is renewed, is not renewed. It's being renewed. And oftentimes there's this kind of thing: do I do I listen to my flesh or my this the spirit? And so I get in the, when I'm praying. I was like, I don't know how to pray. I just told the elders, I'm like, man, I just I just felt stupid because I was praying like, heal them. Oh, you know, do your will. And I don't know. So I'll pray in the spirit. So I just like, you know, I just don't know what to do. I don't know if that helps you. Your mind is schizophrenic. One moment it wants to bless God. The next moment it wants to cuss, cuss somebody out. It just isn't, I mean, no, if you said exactly what was in your mind, nobody would respect you. <laughs> Need I say more? Okay, I think I made my point. Your mind is in trouble. Um, where are we at? Okay, I'll end, I'll end with this last point, and then we'll close. Ben, get ready. You're, that's good. <laughs> it produces character. So this is all about, what it, how do we, what, it, what does it mean to want more of the Holy Spirit? That's a big question. What is it, who is the Holy Spirit? What does he do in our lives? Why should we care? He works in us. He's with us. 
He's upon us. We're going to get to with us and upon us tomorrow morning. We'll fly through that, and then we'll have a good time. We'll have some stories, share some stories about people's experience. Then John Lanferman will make sense of tongues for us and lead us into what does it mean to be filled with the Spirit. But let me just end with this last point about how he works in it. He, work, he produces character. If you want more character in your life, ask for more of the Holy Spirit. Galatians 5, 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. I was totally surprised that faithfulness was in there, but it is. Gentleness, self-control, against such things there is no law. My family and I go to Eckert's about once a year. Anybody else go to Eckert's in the apple picking place? Or another apple orchard, I don't care. I'm not partial to Eckert's. They don't pay me or anything. Um, so we go out to... But I, I don't, I've never gone by an apple... Maybe. You, I've never gone by an apple tree and, like, heard it groaning. Just like, and imagine going by an apple tree and hearing, like, you'd be like, what's going on with you? I'm trying to produce fruit. See, your mind is not renewed. That's my point. No, I don't know what I'm thinking. My mind's not renewed. Somebody's mind's not renewed. That's what we know. No, a, a, an apple tree just produces apples because of its DNA appleness. It just produces it. It just, it just happens. It doesn't strive. How many here are like striving to be humble? I mean, you're, you're, you're striving to be um, faithful. You're striving in areas of self-control. If you're striving, I want to say, good, keep doing that. But also receive more of the Spirit. Get more of the DNA of God in you. Get more of His Spirit in you. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, you want more love, want more joy, want more peace, want more patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. If you don't want that, we want it for you, okay? So we want you to have all these things, and we want you to be full of spirit. This is where this, this, is, where this is at. So this, the Holy Spirit of God, one of the big things just tonight, just to conclude, is the Holy Spirit is in all of us. If you're, if you're a Christian here, the Holy Spirit is in you. It's doing things in you. To, to want more is to, is to get help in following Jesus. You're going to get an increased awareness that you're a son of God, daughter of God. More understanding, more knowledge of Scripture, more guidance. You're going you're gonna to you're gonna be great. At, you're going to get a lot of help with prayer. You know, if I, when, I, when I talk to people, when I... When I hear about what the things that they'd really like to grow in in their walk with Jesus. I think one would be hearing God. The other one would be praying. We know that we ought to pray. We just don't, we don't have, always have the desire because of the whole mind, body, flesh scenario. The flesh actually resists things of the spirit. 
the mind chooses. Am I going to obey the, what my flesh wants or am I going to obey what the spirit wants? And so we, we don't pray as we ought. Our mind doesn't know the will of God. So we can, we can pray. And then just godliness. Yeah, the fruit. We're going to talk about this tomorrow. There's gifts and there's power and there's some pretty awesome stuff that we need to seek as we go out on this mission that God has for us. But the fruit of the spirit, man, it's just as important as the gifts of the spirit. This is what we know. This is what we want to do. We want to, we want to, we want to know these things. And we want to pursue the Holy Spirit because we want to pursue this inner work that He's doing in us.